Hello, and welcome to this episode of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even to the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, as you probably have figured out from the music that we were just listening to, <laughs> uh, this is this is a film. We're kind of going back on Paul Rubens and kind of, I, I guess maybe doing a Paul Rubens spotlight here would probably be the best thing to put it as. Okay. <laughs> there uh, we go. We are going to be discussing Pee-wee's Big Adventure this week. Woohoo! Uh, yes. All right. <laughs> and I, I do have Eva coming back here because Mike is still out. Uh, Mike will be returning soon. Uh, we are going to be talking about some other things here, uh, probably coming into Comic-Con here in the next couple weeks because that'll be kicking off next month. Uh, we will also be probably doing that. And then we're talking about some of the 30th anniversary films that are coming out. Obviously, for the 4th of July, we have Back to the Future, which we have to cover. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, that will be one that will be covered, so look forward to it, folks. But tonight is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. All right. Uh, so, Eva, let me start right off here. What do you think of the film? I love this movie. And I had not seen it. See, I came out, when did it come out? 1985? Yes. 30, 30 years we feel so old. Oh my I know. god! Thir but July twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five. Came out. Oh my gosh! I saw it in an and I believe I I split my time between my mom and my dad and my grandmother, and I had a VHS copy of it at every single one of their houses, and I watched the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. My mom's, my dad's, and my grandmother's. We were, it was always on. My brother and I were always watching it. So it probably, I want to say I wore out the tapes within the first year of having them. <laughs> but I, 
and you know, probably since I was 10. I probably outgrew it when I was about 10. So this was the first time watching it in 28 years. And oh my God, it was crazy to me how much I remembered. I immediately remembered the theme song, the intro music. Um, and so much of it had come back to me. So much of the dialogue came back to me. And there was also a lot of new stuff that I had not either not noticed as a kid or had forgotten about, but it was neat to be able to kind of see it <clears throat> from an adult perspective and see why I loved it so much when I was eight years old. And my, I had my five and six year old Katie and Cassie watching it with me and they were cracking up throughout the entire movie and they wanted to watch it more than once. And it was so neat to, you know, sit back and experience it with them and see them loving it. And, uh, Oh my God, what a cool movie. I love it. Well, I mean, it was basically, it, it was probably one of my favorites when I was a kid as well. And oh, yeah. I think because it really kind of was this film that you could sit down and watch with your parents. You you know, it was just, it was goofy. I'll admit that. It, it was supposed to be, but it was fun. It was definitely a family adventure. Uh, it just was so how, you know, the whole, like, right and I'm like yeah but he's 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 got toys he's got a bike he's got you know she was kind of perplexed at first but in a curious way like wow this is you know the concept of a man child you know it's just like it's... I, I'm not quite getting it but she you know she likes shows like Yo Gabba Gabba and she liked you know um, Blues Clues and all of that where you see adults you know in these shows with these kids so it, it was kind of like she was kind of perplexed at first but then as the the scene that really got her was at the beginning when he was fixing breakfast with a contraption <laughs> and he was looking in the mirror and putting tape on his face. Oh yeah. <laughs> and she just, Oh my God. Both my girls were just laughing hysterically at that when he was putting the tape on his face and then when he ripped it off and, Ow! and from that point on, it was like, okay, he, he got their attention. <laughs> and, so and that's hard was, to do uh, for your kids. Cause uh, they, they have, um, they're what you said one of them's autistic and uh yes caitlin has a high functioning autism and uh she's very very bright and she catches on to things that i sometimes don't she's got a very unique perspective on things um and she asks some very tough questions but yeah she kind of looked at me and was like what's the deal mom he's a man but he's <laughs> there are you some know. things you just can't explain and that's right. one of them i just said you know what he's just kind of like you know what's that uh, dj lance rock from yo gabba gabba let's just leave it at that oh okay he just likes <laughs> acting like a kid yep there you go so <laughs> that seemed to you know this seemed to suffice but it just the the goofiness of him and just the there was a scene later on in the movie with uh, the mean friend or whatever, uh, foe Francis, mm -hmm. and he was taking a bath in the tub or in the pool, and there was like bath toys in there and whatever, and you know, just little things like that. She just thought it was hilarious. Like <laughs> these are grown men. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let, taking let's, baths and let's fighting. talk a little bit about about the plot of the film here. I, I've got a quick rundown to kind of just sum up what happened here. Mm -hmm. uh, so it starts off. Um, we have Pee Wee Herman, who is basically a man-child. He's being harassed and harangued by his neighbor, Francis Buxton, mm -hmm. who is a rich brat man-child and next-door neighbor who wants to uh -huh. buy Pee Wee's bike. Right. Pee Wee says no, tells him, hey, you know, get lost, take a hike. Yeah. Francis turns around and hires a local thug to steal the bike while Pee Wee's at the local bike shop. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Pee Wee goes frantic trying to find his bike, ends up visiting a psychic. Tells him, uh, the psychic tells him, oh, it's in the basement of the Alamo. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just like, okay. So Pee Wee okay. goes cross country to try and locate his bike in the basement of the Alamo. He runs into a bunch of different characters. You know, you've got Large Marge, the trucker who died after the horrible wreck. Yes. Um, Mickey Morelli, the escaped fugitive who was arrested for cutting the tags off of mattresses. Yep. And then, of course, Simone. Great. Uh, Simone, who meets Pee Wee. Uh, when he arrives in Texas looking for his bike. Right. Uh, so I, I kind of got a good laugh out of that. Uh, now, hilarious. When Pee Wee does arrive in Texas, he's laughed out of the Alamo when he asks where the basement is. Because obviously there isn't one in the Alamo. Right. Uh, he leaves, dejected, ends up in a biker bar where the biker's about ready to beat him up. And there we get the tequila scene. Yes, that was so freaking great. And I remembered that before it even happened, too. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, I remember the song Tequila, but I didn't mm-hmm. remember the dance, oddly enough, <laughs> until oh, yeah. I started watching it. Oh, great. Well, and that was the thing. I remember as a kid that I would stand up, we would go and jump off of our diving board into our pool. And the the funny thing was, as we were kids, we would try to do the Pee Wee Herman dance before we actually hit the water. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> so, you know, one of those stupid things that you do. <laughs> I'm sure my brother and I did something stupid like that too. It's hilarious. That was the thing at the time. That was the big movie when it came yeah. out. So, oh, God. And uh, you, I know you are, but what am I? My brother and I did that yeah. constantly I too. Oh. You are, but what am I? Infinity. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's uh, great. The, the, but, I mean, we get through all that. He ends up borrowing one of the bikers' bikes after he wins their respect. Mm-hmm. Goes riding off. He crashes the bike and ends up in the hospital. Yep. And while he's there, he sees this guy, this child star, Kevin Morton, who's getting his bike. Oh, yeah. And yes. He, he heads off to Burbank. He's like, oh, my God, I see my bike. He heads off to Burbank, sneaks on to Warner Brothers, steals the bike back, goes on a crazy chase, jumps over the studio wall, which is... Just goofy as all hell. With oh, that totally. <laughs> that <whole> scene. <laughs> you know, makes his getaway and he passes by that pet store that's on fire. Right. Runs with the gorilla in, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Runs in, lets all the animals out. And he's like, <laughs> Ugh, the snakes. And, and, you know, he gets caught by the police finally. And they're like, he's a hero. No, you know, the fire people are like, he's a hero. He's a criminal. You know, and he ends up in front of the Warner Brothers studio heads. And this is probably the best part. They look at him and they go, yep, that's a great story. Let's make a movie out of it. Right. Yep. And so, of course, you know, we get all the way down to the end of the movie. Pee Wee sees all the people that he met along his way. And they're all at this drive-in movie theater enjoying the Warner Brothers action flick. Right. End of story, basically. Yep. Uh, I, I thought it was great for what it was. I mean, just... There were so many one-liners in this film that oh, totally. that you you got stuck into the consciousness, the pop culture consciousness of the time. Yes, that's what brought me back. The, the, the dialogue was like, "I know you are, but what am I? You know, why don't you make me?" And just like the banter back and forth oh, yeah. between him and Francis, I was just like, "Oh my god, my brother and I." That sounds just like us. <laughs> it just, and, and all the kids were saying it for years. Why yep. don't you? Uh, why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Last longer, exactly. Yep. Her, her. You know, the, all <laughs> that sort of stuff came out, and you could hear it. Uh-huh. Uh, just, 
There were things about this film that I saw it, and it wasn't until afterwards that I realized who actually did the film. And it was when I first started researching this, I kind of went, holy shit, the, this was the guy who directed it? Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, who have never seen this, who didn't realize this, well, I should say you may have seen this film and never put two and two together. Right, yeah. This was Tim Burton's for, first full-length directorial debut. So cool. Uh, because he had actually come out with Frankenweenie. It was a live-action short that he had done. And I don't want to confuse this. This came out in 84. It was the basis for the 2012 stop-motion animation film that he did called Frankenweenie. Mm-hmm. He actually did it. It had a little pit bull that he put bolts in the neck. And, and it was, if you ever watch, uh, for those of you who have the Blu-ray copy of uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, they yep. have this short on that on that Blu-ray. Yes, they do. So you can go and catch that. Uh, this, you know, obviously Tim Burton's first movie. Uh, and this was Paul Rubens and uh, Phil Hartman. They co-wrote the script for this film. Yep. So I was kind of surprised by that. I uh, was too. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, how neat. Now, did you know that this was originally going to be a remake of Pollyanna? Um, uh, no. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. He was going to be a very positive person, you know, and, uh-huh. and I can see that with Pee Wee Herman, you know, being this oh, yeah. absolutely positive character. Mm-hmm. But while he was watching the movie and while he was writing the movie, he was, he started looking around at Warner brothers lot and he noticed that all these people were getting around a lot on bicycles. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, when do I get mine? And so they, they turned around and they give him a Schwinn bike. Mm-hmm. He fell in love with riding that bike all over the place and basically said, okay, you know what? I got to stop. I'm going to rewrite the entire thing. This is what we're going to base this film on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it just blows up and becomes this huge, crazy thing. Nobody expected this film to be as big as it was. Oh, really? You know, uh, they, they took off on this. They did have filming that took place mostly in California. It did take place in Texas as well, because obviously you have the scenes at the Alamo exactly, that are filmed yeah. there. Uh, but I don't know if you know this, the dinosaurs that are, that uh, you see them when they're inside the dinosaur and they see the sun comes up inside uh-huh. the mouth of the T-Rex. Yeah. That's actually not too far from me. That's up in Palm Springs in a place called Cabazon. Oh, uh, I, you know, I, that was something that I remember seeing and I remember like from when I was a kid that that was somewhere in California, but mm-hmm. I had forgotten where. Cool. They, they are still there. You can still go and visit them. Neat. Uh, they were actually, they, and this wasn't the first appearance of them either. Well, I, I'm sorry. This was the first appearance, but they did come back later on as a mm-hmm. plot device in the movie, The Wizard, uh, oh, wow. which we'll have to cover at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, so you do get that. Now, I wanted to jump in and talk about the cast because yes. this cast was huge. Totally huge, yeah. Uh, a lot of unknowns at this time when you stop and think about it. But when you look at what they have done since this film. Yeah, yeah. That was, what was another thing that was so neat about looking back and watching this movie almost 30 years later was like, you know, just seeing, oh, wow, like, I, I didn't know who Phil Hartman was when I was eight years old. I didn't yep. know, you know, that Pee Wee Herman had done, you know, Cheech and Chong movies and everything else that he had done, you know, and all the other actors and actresses that were in it, Jason Herbie that made a cameo. And I, I didn't know mm-hmm. any of these people. And then looking back as an adult and going, oh, my God, wow, okay. It was very, 
it was very neat. And I'm actually kind of glad that I had waited so long to see it again, just for that reason alone, too, along with the dialogue and oh, yeah. just the absurdity of the whole thing. <laughs> well, let's start off here. The, the obvious big star of the film, Pee Wee Herman. And right. he actually was billed as Pee Wee Herman in the film. You did oh, not see his name appear as Paul Rubens. Okay. He wanted okay. to be completely in character, apparently. Right, right. So uh-huh. he was Paul Rubens, and Paul has done quite a bit since this film. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, quite a bit. He, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie with Christy Swanson. Yes, uh-huh. He showed up in there, and he does a hilarious scene where he dies. I remember that. And yep. he keeps dying, and like, ooh, ah, 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 ah. And he's falling on the ground, and he's dying. And they finally come back after the credits are all done of the film. And you see him there, and he's still, ah, ah, <laughs> dying. That's uh, freaking great. One of my favorite characters that he did, my wife hates this movie because it reminds I I remind her so much of Paul Rubens with this. He did a film called Mystery Men with Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo, William H. Macy. uh, But he plays a character called the Spleen. And he was cursed by a gypsy woman to have horrible gas for the rest of his life. So he keeps farting, and that's that's basically what happens with me. Is my wife has started nicknaming me the spleen. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. So, <sighs> and Paul Rubin has done a bunch of things besides this. A lot of voiceovers that you don't really realize right. that is him. Uh, as we mentioned here last week with Flight of the Navigator, he was yeah. the voice of Max in Flight of the Navigator. Yep. And he also appeared in the original Star Tours ride at Disneyland as the character Rex. Right. And he later came on, came back to reprise his role as Rex or RX-24 on Star Wars Rebels when they started filming it for the Disney Channel, for Disney XD. Mm-hmm. So you can see him there. He's also done things like Pushing Daisies. He's had a character there. Uh, God, he was in the Blues Brothers, the original Blues Brothers. You see him as a waiter. Yeah. Uh, he shows up yeah. there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he really has. Uh, and like I said last week, too, I'm glad that his brush with the law um, hasn't derailed his career. Like, you know, it could have really, you know, done him in. But it's good to see that he's still working and he's still relevant. Well, let, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's stop, because obviously this is going to focus pretty heavily on him. Right. Uh, in July of 1991... While visiting relatives down in Sarasota, Florida, Paul Rubens was caught masturbating in an adult theater. Yes. Um, Now, what would happen is that at this time, detectives would go and they'd just periodically visit these theaters, observe the audience, and arrest those engaged in indecent exposure. Okay. So basically, there were not just him, probably, but several people in there jerking off. Right. Rubens hadn't been in character for a year and a half. CBS was still running reruns of Pee-wee's Playhouse. And oh, it was still on in 1991? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Rubens had his infamous mugshot, which did not depict the clean-cut look Rubens had no. shown for the last decade. I mean, oh, he was my God. Yeah, that scruffy mugshot beard. scared me. Yeah. Yeah. He I was looked like, like That's a not pervert. Pee-wee. <laughs> 
And so, yeah, it basically shocked the, shocked the public. And everybody kind of thought that the show had been canceled due to his arrest. No. Yeah. Show wasn't canceled due to his arrest. They just kept rerunning the same stuff. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. Uh, huh. So, you would think because of the fact that it's the fact that he was a child, you know, that his persona was so childlike and his whole thing, marketing thing, was for children and what he was arrested for. That's kind of surprising. Well, it's kind of funny because right after this happened, CBS goes, oh, okay, we're not going to air any more Pee-wee's Playhouse episodes. So that just kind of died. Disney mm -hmm. MGM Studios at the time down in Florida, they had a uh, studio tour that had a video and it showed Pee-wee explaining how voiceover tracks were made, obviously because he had done a bunch of voiceovers. Right. Toys R Us also pulled all their Pee-wee toys from their stores. Oh, wow, yeah. So anything having to do with Pee-wee's Playhouse, you know, you, you don't see Cherry anymore. You don't see... Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't see the, the talking doll that they had. All sorts of stuff. Okay. So there was some backlash in that way as far as, like, the merchandising and the show, but they just oh, yeah. didn't cancel it. Wow. Now, his voice work, though, for Star Tours, it still went on. People didn't wow. apparently make that link. Huh. Now, thing. funny thing with this is that all with all this negative publicity, all these artists who knew Rubens, people like Cindy Lauper, Annette mm -hmm. Funicello, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Valeria Galino... Bill Cosby. They all spoke out about him, about him and defended him. Yeah. Now, here's the problem I have, okay? Knowing what we know about Bill Cosby. Right, right. Uh, and let's come out with Bill Cosby, all the accusations. Bill Cosby mm -hmm. said this. He said, whatever Rubens has done, this is being blown all out of proportion. Yeah, yeah. Funny, haven't we heard that from him? That's very, <laughs> it's a very ironic, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, all, yeah. but all these people did speak out against it. Uh, you had Pee-weeites that were picketing L.A., New York, and San Francisco trying to get the show back on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. And Maybe it just, you know, it was unfortunate, but it, at the same time, it wasn't like he hurt anybody. It wasn't like he killed anybody. It wasn't like he did anything. That I mean, it, it no. It what was so shocking about it was the fact it was you know it was what it was and it was so again anti peewee that it, you know because peewee is pretty much asexual so that was what shocked me when I saw his arrest photo I'm like oh my god that's peewee's mug that's peewee mm -hmm. that's his mugshot that's him oh my god mm -hmm. and it was just it was so shocking but I mean when you look at it now okay I'm you know. When did this happen? 91. You know, I'm several years older now and I'm an adult and it's like, okay, well, oh, well, there's worse things that could have happened. You know? yeah. It's really not that bad. And he's a great entertainer. He's obviously talented. You know, the public has forgave, you know, more power to him. Yeah. I mean, it's, we all still know, we still remember what he did. Right. But uh, it's not in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's and, like, really? Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's, Got on to actually make fun of that. Uh, right. He did in, God, what was it? Uh, I'm looking here trying to see if I can find it. Uh, he did a show, uh, a Broadway show that actually HBO picked up and ran. Uh, let me see. 
not in. Uh, come on. Oh, Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway. Here we go. In that 2011. Familiar. Okay. Yeah, in 2011, it was basically reprising his his kind of early stuff that he did because right. the very first thing that he ever did was the Pee Wee Herman show, and right. he did that in a theater. He, you know, basically, if you ever saw it. It was goofy as all hell. They had Phil Hartman <laughs> who came out and was this captain of this ship and he like had this little love thing going on with one of the girls on the show and all that. Mhm. And so you kind of get you kind of get that going on. Uh well, Pee-wee Herman came back and did this. You know, he he came back and he sported himself out there and put himself back out. But at the same time, he was making fun of the fact that, "Oh, yeah, I got caught he had a joke in there, which I remembered seeing, and I still it still sticks in my head. He would get letters on the TV show, on Pee-wee's Playhouse. He would get letters from all around the world, and he would answer the letters. You know, mm-hmm. Fan mail type thing, and he would, he would read them off. And right. you would see the globe, and the globe would spin around and point to a spot on his head. Right. And it was like, oh, you have, he's in Afghanistan, or something like that, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, there was one that he goes... Oh, this is from this is from your cellmate, Billy Bob Joe. <laughs> and he's like, he started to read it out. He goes, Oh, you know, um, maybe this isn't such a good thing to read. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, and he's talking about how they were very special friends. <laughs> so obviously, he knew about that. He was trying to poke fun of it. Hi. He did a great job of it. I thought, you know. You know, that's the best way to come out of something like that is to poke fun at yourself because yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of like, I, and I do that all the time. Like, I, I'll never forget, like, if I do something stupid, like if I trip and fall in front of people, you know, and I could be really embarrassed and I am, but I'll usually just kind of go, you know, I'll take a bow and go, thank you, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a way that you can make fun of yourself, it kind of puts everybody else around you at ease mm-hmm. and, allows them to kind of think, hey, okay, he's not taking himself too seriously. He's trying to pick himself back up. And there's something, you know, it's, it's a positive thing. It's a positive thing to want to pick yourself up and to succeed and kind of persevere when you get caught with your pants down. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think that it's, I think that's great. Well, and I want to let people know, if you're thinking of, if you're thinking that Pee Wee Herman is disgusting and you really don't want to let your kids see it, you know what? It happened. It happened twenty plus years ago. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it. Oh god. It crazy. happened in ninety one, the year so that old. we started high school. I know. Oh my Jesus. god. Uh, yeah. Wow. So. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? It didn't bother me in the least to have my five and six year old watch them. They don't even yeah. need to know if they, you know, re- you know, come if across they... the story at some point down there, down the line. Oh, my God, you made us watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure and you did that. OK, yeah, sorry. You know, did you yeah. like the movie? Yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever. Well, this was in the past. And and here's whatever. the thing is that he's coming back. The guy has been doing Paul Rubens has been doing stuff. He's. He is, oh my God, let me see. He is 60, he will be 63 this year. Crazy. He doesn't look it, does he? No, he does not look it at all. No, I was like, dang, I saw his picture on IMDb and I'm like, I don't know how recent of a picture this is, but holy shit. Well, surprise, surprise. He's got a new movie that's going to be coming out. He's filming it right now. 
Pee-wee's Big Holiday. It's going to be no a TV way. movie. So we will get some more Pee-wee for those who want to see it. Oh, my God. That's great. Good for him. So, yeah. Now, I, I know we've kind of beaten this to, you know, beaten this to death. So let's kind of step off of Pee-wee. Mm-hmm. Let's try and get to something else that he's done. Uh, if Or let's go to somebody else, actually, I should say, in the mm-hmm. cast. I want to pick up Dottie. Yeah. Or, you know, Pee-wee's girlfriend, who was played by E.G. Daly or Elizabeth Daly. Uh-huh. Elizabeth Daly, very beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Very, I mean, just, I love her. <laughs> I thought she was cute in Pee-wee. I, thought, I loved how she looked in that. I was like, she was so cute back then. Mm-hmm. Very, very pretty. She has done quite a bit. Yeah, um, she has. People don't realize it. They, you've heard her voice. I, I can almost oh. guarantee you've heard her voice. Oh if man, you haven't tons seen of voiceovers. Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because E.G. Daly, for those of us who are from my generation, uh, I, I think you guys all remember a Nicktoons cartoon called Rugrats. Oh yeah. She was the voice of Tommy Pickles. Yes, she was. Uh, she was also the voice of Babe in the movie Babe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She was Mambo in Duckman. Uh-huh. She was Louie in Quack Pack. Um, good God, Bagheera in Jungle Cubs. I, I'm just like going back here and looking. Yeah, was She's... she in Toy Story at all? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. She might have done some additional voices. Yeah. Uh, but she was she did like a bunch of voices for the Curious George TV series. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She was Julius Junior. And of stuff, but I was for oh, some yeah. reason Toy Story just popped in my head. I don't know if she was part of that or not. Yeah, uh, but I've been looking here. You know, she's been Mockingbird and Bobby Morris on Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was not head on the new Woody Woodpecker show. Uh, oh my God! How could I forget this? One of my favorite shows. She was Buttercup on the Powerpuff Girls. Oh my god, I love Powerpuff Girls. See? <laughs> oh my gosh. See? That's right. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm just oh. like looking, I'm like, oh my god. Oh, she did that? Oh my god, how did I forget that? You know, I feel like a fucking idiot for that. I for didn't it. know that she did that voice, so that's news to me, and I love that show. So. <laughs> well, it, and the sad thing Very is cool. that I know that she did these voices. It's just, it's not dawning on me. Right. Well, the Elizabeth Daly, and then her now being known as E.G. Daly. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, I knew who that was, but it's, you know, and also like we were talking about who was I was talking about Diane Weiss a couple weeks ago where mm-hmm. she's uh, done so much stuff, but it's hard to place her. I, I kind of put Elizabeth Daly in that kind of category, too, in a lot of ways, because she's done so much and I know she's done a ton, but I, I can't I can't name it all off. I can't pinpoint a lot of her stuff. Oh, Very yeah. cool. But I mean, yeah, you look at you look at her acting chops and, and it just kind of goes on and on and on and on. It I does. Mean, yeah. Very consistent through the years. Good for her. You know, so I got to I got to applaud her for that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I love her for that. Uh, next guy we got to talk about Francis Buxton uh, mm-hmm. in real life. His name is Mark Holton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, we've seen in quite a few other 80s films. Uh, he showed up in Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2. Yes, he did. I was trying to figure out where I'd placed him. He was chubby okay. in those films. Uh-huh. And 
in if you take go throwing back to a league of their own, mm-hmm. he was the adult the version kid. of the kid. Yes, the the mm-hmm. kid as an adult. Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's right. Oh my god, it was bugging me. I was watching it. I'm like, where have I seen that guy before? Oh yeah. Cool. Okay. And for those who, I I really hate bringing this up because. I, I am on a, an anti-Cartoon Network kick, but for those who have watched Tim and Eric's awesome show and his billion-dollar film, uh, he was on he was on Tim and Os- Tim and Eric awesome show. Great job as BM farts when he ran poop tube. P- BM farts. <laughs> yeah, bowel movement farts. So, uh, but yeah, oh, he's he's done that. He he played as John Wayne Gacy in Gacy. Uh, he played in Leprechaun. Oh man! So I mean, there's there's a you know he's done a bunch of things, but you don't really recognize him for it, right? So you know, again, I'm not you know he's not one of my favorite actors in a sense, but I, I still like him for what he did for the role that he played in this. Mm-hmm. He was hilarious in this. Uh, let me see. Oh, Simone. I, I uh-huh. do want to bring up Simone, played by Diane Salinger. Uh-huh. Uh, Simone has been seen in quite a few other things. Really? Yeah. Uh, Diane Salinger was on, for those who've watched uh, HBO's Carnival, she was Apollonia on there. Okay. Uh, let me see. She was in, oh, I almost forgot. She and Paul Rubens played as the Penguin's parents in Batman Returns. No shit. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay, so you get a, you get a little bit there. I watch it. Yeah, you get, you get this little throwback there with that little touch yeah. there. Um, you know, she's done, she was on some episodes of The Young and the Restless. Uh, like I said, Carnival. Mm-hmm. She was Queen Benshira on Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Okay. Never saw it myself, but I nope. know that there are people out there who would who would have seen it. Um, Mike, if you're listening, I know. I, I apologize, but you know, I'm at least giving her the nod. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she had it. She had a bunch of stuff. If we go all the way back to her very first film, uh, it was called Creature. She played a character named Melanie Bryce back in 1985. Okay. So, and then the next film that she did right after that was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Right, I was just gonna say because yeah, Pee Wee came out in '85, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So she's she's done her things. She's still acting, you know. She is. She's rumored to be coming back for Pee Wee's Big Holiday TV movie. So. Oh, cool! I hope she does. We'll hopefully see <clears throat> hopefully see her showing up again there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's she's been around. Now, looking at some of the other cast members that I did want to kind of mention, just little. Little bits here and there. Uh, we have Jason Jason Hervey, mm-hmm. who you mentioned. Yep. Uh, Jason was probably best known as Wayne Arnold from The Wonder Years, Kevin Arnold's right. older brother. Uh-huh. Uh, he also showed up in Back to the Future as Marty's uncle, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know that Elvira shows up in this film? I want to say, okay, um, I, oh, where, which scene? Well, Cassandra Peterson shows up as a biker mama redhead 
in that's when, right yes when you okay. see them all dancing i want him i want to have him first yes yes okay okay that's, I, I, knew, I didn't that was elvira yeah yeah and she looks totally different without the makeup on. I'll tell you that oh, much. Oh my god! Now that you've pointed it out, it totally looks like her. But yeah, I would I would not have known that that yeah. was her. Well, cool. I've I've actually met Elvira uh, many years ago. My grandmother and I were st- with we stood in line at Comic Con so that she could meet Cassandra Peterson, and Cassandra Peterson was not done up in the Elvira makeup. Mm-hmm. Um. Time has not been kind to Cassandra Peterson. I, I I I hate saying that because she yeah. is when she puts on the makeup and she doll, dolls up as Elvira. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, she is gorgeous. Yeah. Without the makeup, if she's just her regular plain Jane self, you no. would never in a million years realize that that's her. Oh wow, she she has wrinkles. You know, it, it's she's older. What do you expect? Yeah. Right. You know, but she's she says everybody who looks at her and goes, but I thought you were Elvira. And she goes, yep. She goes, I'm flat. She goes, the girls are she goes, the girls are all the way down in my lap now. <laughs> but she well, good is for her for just being herself and not getting, you know, yeah, getting she's still very sweet. And... She's very sweet, very nice person, you know. Oh, uh, you know, obviously. And as you mentioned, of course, we had Phil Hartman who was in this. He's got mm-hmm. that little quick cameo. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, everybody I'm sure knows Phil Hartman from SNL, mm-hmm. also from News Radio, and for those who didn't know, he was the voice of Lionel Hutz, the lawyer on The Simpsons. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, now, of course, we lost Phil much too early as far as I was concerned. His wife mm-hmm. went crazy, and, you know, I, they. I think they actually said she was suffering from some sort of dementia or, or depression and took her took his life and her life and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that we lost him when we did but right you know uh one last cameo that I do want to make mention of when we see Pee-wee Herman and he is trying to find his bike and he ends up at the psychic's office Mm-hmm. Just before that, when he's in the alley and the rain is coming down, and you see the guys coming to harass him. Yes, that guy who harasses him is none other than Tim Burton. I, I thought I saw something on IMDb or somewhere about that. Very cool. Yep. He is the thug <laughs> in the alley that comes out. Nice. Uh-huh. Uh, so I mean, that's pretty much it when you look at when you look back at the cast. I mean, there there were a lot of other other cast members there. Uh, I, so I many really big. Well, it's not so much that. I mean, people that you recognize, but at the same time, I don't want to delve into it too much because there's a lot. Right. <laughs> and trying to pick it apart, I, I'm not going to do it justice. So. Right. Uh, now, looking at trivia, mm-hmm. there's quite a bit of trivia with this. Oh, I bet. Uh, one thing that we haven't covered yet, this was Danny Elfman's very first film as a composer. No way. Mm-hmm. No Tim, kidding. Tim Burton oh and Paul Rubens, they brought on Danny Elfman as a, com- as a composer after Burton had attended a concert, an Oingo Boingo concert. Mm-hmm. And he saw Elfman as the lead singer, and he knew that he was a songwriter. Danny Elfman comes in, he says, ah, you know what, I- I'm not sure, because he-, he didn't have any formal music training. Yeah. 
So he's like, yeah, okay, fine. You know, I'll do it. He got Steve Bartek, who is Wingo Boingo's guitarist, to come in and help him out as the orchestrator. Mm-hmm. And cool. Danny Elfman said later that actually hearing his music performed by an orchestra for the first time was one of the most thrilling experiences of his life. Oh. So, if it wasn't for Pee Wee Herman, uh-huh. we would not have the Simpsons theme song that everybody knows. Right. We would not have the Beetlejuice theme song that everybody knows. No. We right. would not have all these different music things. Oh, I, I he's mean, done so many movies. Oh, it's, Danny Elfman. crazy. You see his name everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and you think cool. that all he started off with was, you know, Dead Man's Dance, you mm-hmm. know, Dead Man's Party, whatever it is from Oingo Boingo. Right. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry, folks. I'm not an Oingo Boingo fan. I know a few of their songs, but I'm not, you know, really le- religious with it. So for those yeah, of you who are fans, <laughs> if you are a fan, good Great. for you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, another thing, that drive-in theater. Uh-huh. Where they where you see the final scenes of the film, mm-hmm. uh, that was filmed at Studio Drive-In, which used to be in Culver City, California. Oh, okay. Studio was built in the '30s. It was the uh-huh. first drive-in theater constructed here in California, mm-hmm. and it served as a set for several films. Mm-hmm. The most notable of which happened to be a musical involving John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. You know, when they're singing, I think it's Summer Lovin', and you see him, and he's kind of walking yes. through, and he's talking about, you know, he's getting out of the car, and they're walking away, and, you know, he's trying to flirt with her and, you know, neck with her and stuff in the car. Mm-hmm. All of that was done at that drive-in. Now, Very cool. sadly, this drive-in is no more. It closed in 93. They leveled yeah. it in 98. Nothing's mm-hmm. left. Yeah. Which That's is... Sad. It's a real shame. I mean, drive-in theaters. If you've never been, it, it's something. It, it's something to go and do. Um, it totally is. I've, I have not been to one in probably twenty years, and I miss it. I want to. Is, is there still one in Santee? The Santee Drive-in is still there. There's also no way. one. Oh my god, I gotta go. <laughs> if you feel like making the drive, there is one in Concord, California, as well. Uh, So, you know, I mean, it's probably like an hour drive from where you're at, but it might be worth taking, taking the kids to go and see a film, especially if it's something like Inside Out or something. Yeah. God, I have not been to one since I was 18 or 19. That's crazy that they're fizzing out because they were such a popular, I mean, it's just, oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is the thing is that drive-ins, yeah. I, I can't. It, it's definitely nostalgia. It's definitely a fifties and sixties thing. Totally, yeah. But it, it's still living on, especially when you get to the cost. Because like the Santee Drive-in that I used to go to, I used to live right across the street from the Santee Drive-in, mm-hmm. and it was. I want to say the last time we went, it was like eight bucks a person to go see a film, but mm-hmm. you got a double feature. That's yeah. So. Exactly. You know, you're like, okay, well, I'm paying basically four bucks a film, and they're first-run movies. Things like, you know, I I saw uh, Guardian or not Guardians of the Galaxy, the Avengers, at mm-hmm. the drive-in theater, along with nice. um, you know, I saw Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and the Simpsons. Uh, you know, I saw Spider-Man and and Ocean's Thirteen, I think it was together. So Very cool. you can see a lot of different films together. 
there. And, and it's just one of those things that I really wish we had more of. I do too. It's a shame. So with that, I think we're pretty much done with this episode. It's, I know it's a little bit shorter than normal, uh, but we will be coming back here in a few, we will be coming back here and talking again about Paul Rubens here in the future on the very mm-hmm. near future. In fact, the next film that we're going to be covering involves Paul Rubens doing a cameo as Pee Wee Herman. Nice. And it involves Frankie and Annette. Okay. So if you're not sure what it is, check it out. Take a look on our Facebook page. Uh, if, please, please, folks, go out and visit us on MyGenerationPodcast.com. Uh, I want to thank everybody who has been going because we've been getting quite a few hits. Uh, nice. Last month, we were just shy of 6,000 downloads for the month. Woo! Uh, right now, we're in the middle of June, and we're at we're at just over 5,000 downloads for the month. So I want to thank you all for downloading the film, or downloading the podcasts. Uh, I'm really glad that everybody's enjoying this. Please leave us, if you love our show... Leave us feedback on iTunes. Tell us what you think. Go visit us on, on MyGenerationPodcast.com and leave us comments there. Uh, if you want to write in, you can post up on uh, Talk About My Generation out on Facebook. You can send us an email at MyGenerationPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or if you want to get in touch with us at Twitter, I, I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T, Sprizout. I am at Mommy of Three C Girls. Okay. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Please come back and listen to us. Mike will be returning soon, I promise. Uh, <laughs> he, he is dying to do Back to the Future. And so we've got that. <laughs> he wants to talk about Clue coming up. So we've got, we've got a bunch of stuff to cover, as well as the Comic-Con uh, pre- and post-Con episodes that are coming. So Very cool. look forward to it. And we will see you next week.